Hi, this is Alan Schimmel, and this is another DevOps chat uh, for the leadership suite at DevOps.com. Thank you for joining in. Our guest today is Carol Carpenter, CEO of Elastic Box. Carol, welcome to DevOps Chats. Thank you, Alan. It's great to be here. So, Carol, well, you and I know each other, but for our audience, just quickly, if in case they're not familiar with Elastic Box, can you give us a little background? Sure. So Elastic Box is a cloud application manager. We enable companies to deploy any application to any infrastructure or private or public cloud so that businesses can actually deliver code faster. We help companies like Netflix, DNA, Cytobank, and more orchestrate the deployment and management of applications. And many of these companies have seen their application life cycles increase by 10x in terms of speed and time to deploy and time to, to, to market. And the secret sauce of ElasticBox is our reusability. And the way we orchestrate is through a reusable architecture of what we call boxes that enable IT operations, DevOps, and even end users, application folks, to provision on-demand infrastructure in one click um, and access a sophisticated service catalog. Fantastic. And Carol, um, we just recently announced uh, you, you had sponsored a survey that we did here at DevOps.com with some research on the real value of DevOps. And, um, of course, people can download the survey from the Elasticbox site and read about it here on DevOps.com. But I wanted to ask you, what did you what was the what was the reasoning behind, you know, doing some uh, survey research? Well, you know, many there's there's a lot of discussion about DevOps. You're seeing many new titles and, and organizations recruiting for DevOps. And yet when we would talk to customers and prospects, there was still ambiguity about the role itself. Who's actually doing what? And um, what is the real value of the investments, both in terms of people, time, open source or not? What is the real value and return on those investments? And we wanted to try to understand and delve into that area and understand better, you know, what what's really happening in DevOps? Who is spending this time there? And what's the ROI? Fantastic. And Carol, here at the, you know, for these DevOps chats for Leadership Suite, we're really talking to CIOs, CTOs, VPs, you know, upper management. What, if you can, as a CEO yourself, what would you say were some of the biggest or most important takeaways for leaders as uh, within the survey? Alan, great question. You know, there were, there were a few key takeaways. And I think you and I were both surprised by a few of them. I think, you know, I'll start with, as a leader, you look at what are we investing, how are we spending our money, and what is our return. The ROI analysis, I think, is still very early and immature around DevOps. And we, you know, we have lots of hypotheses about that. Um, but it was surprising because there, there has been a lot of effort and energy and investment that's gone into DevOps tools. I mean, and look at how many DevOps vendors there are right now in the market. And yet, 
the actual impact and measurability remains largely subjective and unknown. You know, over 60, 50 to 60 percent of the respondents said, I don't know when asked about the returns. That was like the big number one uh, insight that surprised me. I think some of the other takeaways are a little bit less surprising, but nonetheless reinforcing of what's happening in DevOps today. So number one, uh, when we asked about team sizes and functions, Alan, what we saw is that DevOps, while you know, over 50% of the respondents said, yeah, DevOps is my primary function, you know, another 41% said they had another title, whether and it was IT ops, and then another um, another 42% said their secondary function is around security, and that's pretty interesting. But what it reminds us is that DevOps is still a very nascent, growing area, and that these people are wearing lots of hats. And so, you know, as we as a vendor partner to DevOps teams and others are trying to, to work with them, you realize like they are spread very thin. And that DevOps teams are being asked to do work that what used to be traditional IT ops in addition to work that's now kind of developer deployment work and be this communication bridge across these different groups. I, I agree. I mean, Carol, you know, and you and I have gone over the survey in depth, obviously. Um, to me, biggest takeaway from leadership is what you hit on first, which is we really don't know the true ROI yet of a lot of these DevOps practices and tools and patterns, if you will. I, I think gut, right? And, and so many executives, as you know, Carol, go with their gut, right? And and their gut tells them that automation is good, that DevOps can help, that more releases, higher functioning IT, you know, directly results in higher profits and, and higher productivity. And, and so they're going on their gut and they're going on what seems logical, but a lot of people just haven't done the the you know the bean counters haven't jumped in here yet and done the the real statistical analysis to really show us yes this is the ROI yes this is the return we're going to get this is how much more profitable we've seen people sort of bite at the edges if you will but from a leadership point of view I, I you know especially in more risk adverse uh, verticals. You know, I, I'm surprised more people haven't asked that. The other thing that I thought, Carol, from a leader's perspective to, is really something to keep in mind was so many, and I, and I think it's a fallacy, so many people think of open source as free. Yes, you don't pay for the software, but when you look at the total cost of ownership, it's not free. It may be cheaper than commercial software, maybe not. I've seen studies go both ways. But I think from a leader's point of view, they have to remember that just because we're using open source, you know, quote unquote, free software doesn't mean that it's it's free, you know, throughout the, the total cost life cycle or the total life cycle of it. Make sense? Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely saw that in the data as well. And I think the other point around um, you know, as a leader looking at DevOps and what kind of investments you make, I think the promise of DevOps is to reduce the silo between operations. 
development and operations, right? That's how we came up with that's how the title emerged. Mm-hmm. And yet one of the findings is around DevOps tools lacking sufficient integration for, for the end-to-end delivery and ongoing management. Yeah. And so I think what we've seen is, yes, great pockets of success in automating one portion of the pipeline. You know, it could just be, and, and we saw, you know, a, lar- a large number of the respondents are are doing automated testing, you know, around continuous integration and continuous delivery. But what you're seeing is that while that's working is across the whole end-to-end tool chain that there still are these little silos. And I think what we will see evolve over the next coming year is more integration, more glue in terms of platforms to to bring together these various DevOps projects. I think you're dead on, Carol. I, I think of it as, I think what we're seeing right now is is the first generation of DevOps tools making their way into the marketplace, and they themselves are almost siloed, right, where they don't necessarily work with each other. That, that's right. I mean, look at, you know, what we saw was, you know, when people were looking at their investments, and at least in their responses in the surveys, all right, there's version control, there's container platforms, there's CICD. They've invested a lot in configuration management, some of those automated tools for that. Some people have invested in and it's it's still disparate. So yeah. I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see continued maturation of this market. Yeah, I, I think you'll see a second generation of tools that maybe seek to stitch together a lot of these first-gen tools. And frankly, that's somewhere where Elasticbox plays too, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We do. We like to think of ourselves, Elastic Box, as elastic glue. We are the glue to bring together a lot of these DevOps initiatives into an end-to-end integrated delivery and management platform. Absolutely. Um, Carol, so we, we talked that there were a lot of surprises or, you know, things that we didn't expect in the survey. What would you say was the biggest surprise for you? Well, I think the, the biggest surprise was around the, the lack of measurability and lack of, you know, understanding the ROI of the DevOps investments, either in terms of people, time, resources, or money. And I'd say the second one is that the, the, when we asked about the DevOps tools that they are using, that CICD came to the very top. And... You know, on the one hand, you could say, okay, that's not a surprise. People have been, you know, trying to automate testing for a long time. But CICD is a step beyond that. And um, that was surprising to me that that's the biggest driver still. I guess I was, uh, based upon the noise and what we hear every day in the market, I expected that there would have been another DevOps initiative would have risen to the top, such as, um, you know, like something around management, management or monitoring, which yeah. obviously there's very, very strong monitoring tools or um, security and compliance or even containerization. Yeah. Because, you know, and maybe it's because of the press and media were so bombarded by a lot of the initiatives that we think that that's what's where the money is going and where people are spending time and energy. And yet, you know, Automated building and testing 
and CICD are still at the top. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, what we see here at DevOps.com bears it out. Look, there's money being spent across the board in DevOps tool sets right now, but CICD certainly are some of the, some of the uh, biggest ones. Carol, believe it or not, we've already gone over 12 minutes and we try to keep these short, so I'm going to need to wrap it up. But I wanted to ask you the same question I ask every attendee here on, on the DevOps chats, and that is for our leaders out there listening, can you, if you, if they had to read one book, which would really help them the most, what, what do you see, what would be your suggestion? Gosh, there are so many great books. I would recommend The Phoenix Project. Have oh, you read that out? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's what got me into DevOps. I, I met Gene Kim about four or five years ago when Phoenix Project was like in manuscript. And, wow. Um, well, it's, it's, it's just game-changing, right? It, yep. Phoenix Project, it gives you an orientation and a framework around how to attack process challenges and how to attack the full delivery, you know, the whole life cycle of, of software or any process. Really, really insightful. And, you know, obviously it's written in a parable format, so it makes it very enjoyable and easy to read. Absolutely. It's an easy read. Well, Carol Carpenter, CEO of Elastic Box, much continued success at Elastic Box. And again, uh, the survey that we've done with Elastic Box under the, the real value of DevOps is available via Elastic Box, and you can find it at DevOps.com as well. Um, interested in anyone's feedback, obviously, on it. Carol, we hope to have you back again in the future. And thanks so much for being today's guest. Thank you, Alan.